Oh, man. That reminds me of like an old product from the 90s from Nickelodeon. <laughs> like, Yeah. I wow. think it was called Moonsand. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was one called Floam. Do you remember oh, yeah. Floam? <laughs> I always really wanted Floam, but, you know, my parents were like, no, that's toxic. Like, that yeah. kills a And bit. you're going to eat that. I know yeah. you're going to eat that, but <laughs> yeah. we love Floam. you, Justin, but you're going to eat that. <laughs> or your brother's going to trick you into eating it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I uh, had that science kit that I just, like, didn't read the directions for and just started mixing stuff and caused this giant explosion of, like, blue goo that when you added water to clean it, it just made it more, and I got it in my mouth, and it stayed in my mouth blue for, like, 28 or 24 to 48 hours, and I was all freaking out. Wowza. Is my mouth going to... Yeah. Is my mouth going to be blue for... Oh, fuck. Let me go grab the book because yeah. I need a visual. Did you get a haircut? Well... Welcome, everybody, back. Episode 17 of Batman in Quarantine. Justin, welcome back. Thank you. Oh, my God. It's wonderful to see you. It's good to be back. Um, I am always as Jeff and joined by my perennial cohort, uh, Justin Cassatt. Glad to be here. Good morning. Excited to be here. Yes. Um, gosh. Oh, Justin. You know, for anyone new to the cast, I don't know why you chose episode 17, but this is a day-by-day, issue-by-issue read-through of Grant Morrison's Batman run by two people who know that they love it, but haven't read it in a really long time. Yes. And yeah, you know, I do want to, out at the beginning here, say a, a thank you to Dan Panosian for drawing the image that we're using as the podcast image. I don't remember to say that every time, but I love it. And it's a picture of Grant Morrison that Django paid to have made for me. And it hangs in my living room and I love it. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. I like it a lot too. I remember when I saw it, I was like, oh, damn. Damn, Dan. Damn, Dan. I just, I got to get this off my chest, you know. Mm-hmm. As like my first thing I got to make sure everyone knows that I'm not a huge fan of Dalmatians in general, like as real dogs. Most days come back to that at some point with you and I. (laughs) But when I'm in various fursonas or entertaining hypothetical fursonas, Mm -hmm. or if I was a potential like dog robber, I would like... I am fond of a cartoonish Dalmatian. I like the cartoon Dalmatian more than I like the real life Dalmatian dog. So, you know, I just wanted to put that out there because I think I've heard other people mention that before that a cartoon Dalmatian, like cartoon pizza, is just more fun. I agree. And there's something about the cartoon cheese of a of a cartoon pizza. You know, it's yeah. just you can never hit those heights. Cheese. Yeah, exactly. The Ninja Turtles created an unrealistic expectation for what I was looking for in my pizza. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know what did that with Dalmatians for me. I I don't remember really watching 101. You you have, you exude a bit of a Dalmatian vibe, you know, like a cartoon Dalmatian vibe. Yeah, well, Uh, good, because the the real life ones I'm ho-hum about. You're lanky and svelte, you know, you've got like a muscular and you got like a black and white (laughs) thing going for you. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, I was going to say the immediate comparison is like because I have strict black and white issues with strict black and white sometimes. Um, although, can you imagine if this whole Batman and Robin run, instead of doing a black and uh, red motif, was all Dalmatian themed and black and white? <laughs> oh, uh, God. Wouldn't have Maybe quite the emotional punch. But yeah, we do, yeah. we do start here. So this is issue 675, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I did read 675 issues of Batman yesterday in prep for this episode, Jeff. So Yeah, I'm so sorry that I did not make it more clear that you needed to read all 675 issues of Batman. That's on me. And out of all those issues, I opened with a Dalmatian bit. So yeah. <laughs> clearly I was paying attention. Um, but yeah, this is issue 675. It's the final issue of the Batman run before we go into R.I.P. And it feels like that. It feels yeah. like an issue that you need to put a bunch of pieces in place before RIP starts. And it's mostly um, a date night between Bruce and Jezebel Jet, And we also get some good Dick and Tim stuff in here. Right. You have to have episodes between the end of the Frieza saga and before the start of the trunk saga, you know, and sometimes that's just going to be Goku going to learn how to drive. You know? Absolutely. Or, you know, like full metal alchemist spent a lot of time in the North. Right. Um, and it's great, but it also was a lot of time in a snow place. And I didn't really know why we were there. For sure. For sure. And in this one, we have Bruce Wayne on a long insufferable date. Um, yeah. Um, insufferable is a really good word for it. Can you unpack what you mean by that? Just, okay. So the issue opens with like Nightwing and Robin and they're like beating up cartoon dog robbers. <laughs> Dalmatians. Dog bandits. Yeah, dog bandits. Which like, Jeff, we got to just do that sometime. Yeah, you know? we got to find some people who are willing to commit crimes with dog masks on. But as soon as we find those people, we got to punish them. Right. Well, no, I think we should be those people. And then we oh my God our detective personas on our dog bandit personas. That's true. That's like true. A, a good self guilt complex kind of uh, cops and robbers, you know, with our fractured them. psyches. Yeah. 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 But anyway, um, they're like doing stuff, Robin and Nightwing, like they always are. They're talking about Bruce kind of acting erratic. Um, Nightwing's butt again, looks good. Robin looks great in that red costume on that opening page. First, I want to bring attention to this and ask you a question. Please. Because this is something that is really cool if it's real, but maybe it's not. And maybe it's, I, I would believe that I just, it's gone uh, through this whole run unnoticed. But does every title card there, like it says The Fiend with the Nine Eyes, there's eyes on there. Has there been a title card for every issue that kind of pertains to the theme of the issue? There's certainly been a title for each issue. Okay, um, yeah. Joe Chill in Hell has got... But not cool always, <laughs> yeah, not always a cool, iconic sort of Batman the Animated Series, Adventure Time, you know, title, title card. card. Uh, yeah. But there are some good ones in here when they've chosen to do it. But like the Black Case book early on, like they're just sort of not right. great ones. Yeah, the Space Medicine is just kind of a futuristic looking font, I guess. So anyway, that looks, that's really cool. I like that touch there. I like that art. I like eyeballs a lot. Um, yeah. I actually like the design of this fiend with nine eyes. So we have, gosh, uh, it's insufferable because Bruce and Jezebel, it seems like Jezebel's kind of wanting to talk about the relationship and the issues with Bruce disappearing all the time. She kind of is leading into a breakup and Bruce is just being a dick. Like he's just not, he's not listening to her. He's bored. 
he almost kind of has this attitude like he knows that she's not going to commit to breaking up. Both you of know, them seemed kind of insufferable to me in it. For sure. Yeah, they're, the art has changed. and uh, So we got to talk about that. Yeah, let's just mention that this issue was penciled by Ryan Benjamin with inks by Celine Crawford and colors by uh, Guy Major. But yeah, Ryan Benjamin, um, <clears throat> I almost kind of enjoyed that this issue on a lot of t- levels reminded me of the resurrection of Ra's al Ghul. For sure. And I remember liking the art in this just because it's it's tunier than than Daniel, but not quite so DC stock as someone like uh, Kubert. Yeah. But it is like kind of grimier and Capullo-esque in some ways. That I was going to compare it to like someone who definitely grew up drawing a lot of Jim Lee drawings. Right. Like, like the faces and the, the, a lot of the ancillary line work on faces reminds me a lot of like just the sort of extraneous lines that uh, Jim Lee will put on things. For sure. Or almost even the extraneous lines that Chaikin does where his faces have like <laughs> angles that don't need to be there around the chin. But that's true. It's definitely Jim Lee. Like I, there is a shot of Batman's chest and it's not like multiplying with like uh, a mycelium of chest hair oh, God. Uh, like Jim Lee's work Want to is. Do. Yeah. Over there. But other than the hair factor, it is very Jim Lee. Like it's like r- more rubbery. Like there isn't quite the sharp lines. Right. It's definitely uh, someone who drew a lot of Jim Lee and is not Jim Lee. Yeah. I can't tell if I like it or not. The, the rooms are pretty sparse. Um, the, the backgrounds are pretty, pretty just kind of stock. Yeah. I remember there's one shot where they're sitting at the table and there's just like a little (laughs) dish with a stick of butter on it. And you know, he was like, I got to do something on this table. I don't know. I'll just put a stick of butter there. It's a lived in world. Right. right. We go to this like super, super fancy at the top of some bullshit rich people tower. And like what they have there is just like every table comes with a stick of butter. Right. We don't even serve bread. Right, no, you just get the butter. My cats <laughs> yeah. would love it. Um, but yeah, the, the conversation is essentially her just saying, like, you know, you always disappear. You treat your time like it's more valuable than mine. Like, what is an, even is all of this bullshit Playboy persona? All valid points, but sure. brought up with almost like a sense of entitlement that I was sort of like, I don't know, like, how long have you guys been together? Maybe back off. I guess you are an African princess. Like, you know, she is the princess from a a different country. Um, And he is, you know, a a billionaire playboy. And then he's just, like, pretty disrespectful in terms of how he handles all of it. But she keeps trying to get at, like, there's something dark and bad inside of you. Uh, And, and like, what is it? I feel like this is all a mask. Maybe she is really intuitive and has picked that up. Or maybe it's foreshadowing to this larger Jezebel jet is, is, you know, less morally upright than we are, are wont to believe at the beginning. Right. I just, yeah. I think that, like, you know, that's a discussion in in people around who read superhero books is how come no one ever calls them out for disappearing all the time? Like, I felt like that was a discussion he felt like he needed to, and I, I'm not Grant Morrison, so, and I don't know exactly where this conversation, what it takes place in the larger, like, what, what it's there for in the larger story, but, like, I felt like this was a shoehorned conversation that was thrown in there that wasn't exactly executed very convincingly. Like she immediately jumps to him being kind of dark without accusing him of something more mundane as cheating. Yeah. It's like, that's a good point. Yeah. You'd think that like cheating would be, but I mean, if we look at sort of what this issue is, it serves two purposes. The first purpose is that at the end, Jezebel Jet learns that Bruce is Batman. Spoilers. Right. 
Right. And then the second is that we have several moments of Dick and Tim together to sort of reinforce this idea that we know Batman R.I.P. is coming. You know, is Bruce going to die? Is it going to be, you know, Nightwing and Tim? There's been a sort of, even back to the issues of 52 that we read in episode one, that duo has been sort of implied. But the other, you know, big thing that this issue serves is to keep calling back to the Togel ritual that Batman went through in those 52 issues. And yeah, I, you know, it's good that he kind of serves to remind us, the reader, that like, hey, Batman did this thing and it was actually technically not in this series and maybe some of you haven't read it. So there's like a sort of tacit reminder here, which is good comic booking, but also I I wish that maybe those 52 issues had been in issue one or something. You know, when we were back in Joe Chill in Hell and the issue after that, we're getting so cerebral and so hallucinatory that, like, there are clear references and shots from Thogel. But I think readers who haven't read those 52 issues might just chalk that up to more, like, mind garbage. You know, more, yeah. like, random images that are... So I think, like, this did a good job of, like, cementing that that thing is important and it happened in time in the physical world and not just part of Bruce's whatever the hell is going on. Obviously, I started reading this whole Batman run without having read those two issues of the weekly series 52. So I've never read them. I had exactly what you're describing of this. Like, did this happen? When did this happen? Is this a piece of old Batman folklore? I need to look up like where is this in continuity? Um, And, you know, this omnibus that you and I are reading is uh, and actually some listeners have ordered as well, which is super cool. And I hope they come That's in real so soon cool. for us to get them to be about, but it does a great job of organizing the whole, the right. whole thing. Like and, it's located in, in continuity and in time, which those things aren't exactly the same when it comes to Batman, but yeah. they, they, they parallel and overlap quite a bit. Like this has happened chronologically at some point in Batman's lifespan. And now we can like, firmly say that this is something that we're treating as real rather than like, you know, if I, I think for a long time, I wasn't sure if that was an Elseworlds world story or why we were referencing it. And I'm, I'm with you. You and I didn't know each other at the time, but it makes total sense that our brains were processing and floating through this stream in a very similar way. But even the fact that like this issue is called the fiend with the nine eyes as Bruce and Jezebel are at this dinner, uh, you know, an assassin comes who is from a tribe of desert people that he was exiled from and they have eyes on their fingers. And that's clearly so cool. Yeah. Get those tattoos. Oh yeah. Get those. It would be very (laughs) painful, (laughs) but (sighs) it, it, it's an, you know, overt reference to that issue of 52 because it's like, Hey, here's a reminder. This tribe existed, but he was exiled before Batman had his purification. So, we don't really ever learn why, but he was hired by enemies of Jezebel Jett's family or that country to go kidnap her. And, uh, you know, Bruce ultimately stops her from doing that. Right. Or from getting kidnapped. And in doing so, she finds out who Bruce Wait. is. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. But did you say that this guy is hired by her own family to kidnap her? No, I believe it was enemies of her family. Oh, okay. I, I was going to say, maybe I missed that. Um, um, so you had a Q&A plan. Yeah, I did. I'm, I'm actually excited about it, Justin. Okay, um, cool. Because before, let, let's do that. Because I have a, like a genuine question that I'm not sure about this character and why. And I wonder if that is in your Q&A to address it. I doubt it. Um, okay. Let me begin okay. with question one. Justin. Okay. 
Check. If you were going to take me out to dinner, oh. to eventually have me find out that you are Batman, where would you take me? And why? This is a little bit of, uh, you know, like lover's lane, like pick the best mate. I'm on the right side. There's okay. three bachelors on the left. And, okay. you know, I want to know, because I, you know, like Batman is Batman. He, it's, I think he's getting close to knowing that she's going to find out. And some things happen in this issue that almost seem like he's allowing her to find out. So if that was in his mind anywhere, Justin, where would you take me to ultimately have me find out that you are Batman? Olive Garden. Olive Garden? Yeah. There's okay. unlimited, you know, we, we like, bre- like carbs when we're, when we're grieving. And when I tell yep. you, like, I will always forever be emotionally unavailable for you because I have this, like, delusional LARPing that I go and do. <laughs> you might need those breadsticks, baby. I had a feeling for some reason Red Lobster, but similarly, oh. the Cheddar Biscuits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never <laughs> been to Red Lobster. I think I've heard that they're owned by the same company, the same oh family. I would when you're at that. either or, your family. So you kind of answered the second question, which is Bruce clearly mentions more than once that he ordered tempura as the dinner for the two of them. Mm-hmm. What would your dinner for the both of us be? You know, I was, I mean, assuming that I'm Batman in this situation, I would have the money to afford it. I would get us both the unlimited soup salad and breadstick. Big but, you know, for, for a beautiful girl like you, Jeff, I yeah, would also yeah. let you get your own entree. Oh, my God. Especially, that's not cheap at Olive Garden. No. And uh, if you want one of those, like, Italian soda smoothie things they have there that I drank one time when I was a kid and had too much <laughs> and threw up in the parking lot, you could have one of those, too. I'll even let you do that, but don't you <laughs> yeah. throw up in the parking lot. I've got <laughs> nice shoes on. Yeah, and I got my, like, mafioso suit like Bruce has on in this issue. Yeah, he super does. Okay, and then finally, if any criminal would break into the Olive Garden to start a fight that would ultimately lead to the revelation that you are Batman, which criminal would it be? Hmm. Which bad guy? Real which... or fictional? Okay. Real or fictional? Okay. All right. Condiment Man. Condiment Man. Okay. <laughs> I like that. Batman Tom King Batman run. Oh, uh, yeah. And the, and the animated series. No. Oh, actually, is he in that also? Yeah, I'm going to amend that just to get really raunchy with it. The Mask of the Phantasm person. Oh. Just like, imagine trying to get a breadstick and then like the smoke comes in and oh. then, you know. Jeffrey Free Figley, your <laughs> angel of death awaits you. Plus, that would lead to like a, a pretty cool fight scene. Yeah, a lot of smoke. And like, I would, in a moment of distraction, like throw the breadsticks at Phantasm and their little arm knife would cut through the oh. breadsticks. That, that's a comic panel if I've ever seen one. Okay, Justin, so I, I, I feel like maybe the question that you had posed or were going to pose maybe didn't get covered by me. What was yours? Oh, yeah. This is, okay, these tribesmen yeah. with the nine hands, they're not the League of Us. Okay, this is a series of questions. Um, I'm watching more on questions, questions multiply as I try to pose one. Good. Uh, we're, we're just buddies who haven't read this in a long time who are not experts trying to figure this whole thing out. Yes, and I unfortunately don't have enough eyes tattooed on my hands to figure this one out. To clearly so I, see. So I need to tap you on the shoulder and borrow your eye hands. Always. This guy is not a League of Assassins assassin. Right. Right? Okay. And so he's from the mystical tribe that were helping Batman right yeah but they they did seem a little bit morally ambiguous like for sure you know but yeah it seems like he is from that tribe that batman went to in issue 30 of 52 that sort of stabbed him and and doing so ultimately purified him quote unquote 
is he in allegiance with them or is he like he mentions he got expelled okay um and so he's just then been high like that's pretty coincidental that jezebel jets it is it is pretty coincidental hired an excommunicated well, assassin from the mystical tribe that gave batman his bat colonoscopy his uh, spiritual bat colonoscopy yeah because in a line of dialogue, the guy with ten eyes says to Jezebel, your father's enemies will not rest until your country returns to its knees where it belongs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was exiled from a desert tribe of unbeatable warriors. So, yeah, an enemy of Jezebel's family um, hired him. But, yeah, it's relatively coincidental, I would say. That's a little yeah. bit of like, hey, Grant, I can see your strings, but that's okay because... yeah. We all let our strings show. Absolutely. He's a great character design. I really, really like that character. You know, I, I always heard... I think that they kind of also... I think he needed to put it in there as a way to say, if you didn't read those issues of 52, here's a little bit of like, this is a, a type of person that exists from a tribe in the desert. Like, it seemed a little bit like he has gone back uh, to do a little bit of cleanup with his continuity and, and sort of clear some alleys of conversation. Cool. So yeah, I just was a little bit confused as to why he's here now and if it had anything to do with, you know, the actual ritual himself, but it also maybe in some way legitima- legitimizes that event as something that isn't just crazy Bruce being crazy Bruce, because right, right now Bruce is crazy, and even to the point where uh, Nightwing and Robin are questioning if Bruce is okay for Bruce's standards and I think that that is like an important part we do just get this double page spread here of a bunch of panels of Dick and uh Tim I keep wanting to say Dick and Damien but Dick and Tim taking down Ray Gun Rider but as they're doing it this totally asinine villain um they're having a conversation about like Tim is ultimately concerned about Bruce Dick is like, I, he seems fine to me. And he's like, but he did this like near death reincarnation thing. And Dick is like, yeah, I don't know. He seems okay. And he's like, well, what about the whole like isolation experiment? Do you remember that? And this was helpful for me because especially on my first read through like Dick saying like, oh yeah, that happened like when I was Robin and he thought I was dead. And even in the flashbacks we've had so far in this run, when it shows or bruce being like oh man you know you're not dead robin he comes in wearing a kind of ambiguous robin outfit that could be either dick or maybe jason and probably not like so this really fixed that moment in time kind of like you were saying of okay dick was batman it was before or dick was sorry robin it was before anybody else was around I, i thought that was at least some deft like okay here's how i can anchor this moment in time through a conversation but i think it's important that they are ultimately questioning bruce as an unreliable narrator of his own life at this point because that's a right. component in batman r.i.p which will start next week for sure um i just wanted to bring attention to it's the page okay so we also have this whole thing of like talia al ghul damien and uh, the arch merlin the archer do we know merlin he's around aside he, from he, being a roman analog yeah um he you know he shows up in and out of batman i think he you know he's kind of like a poor man's raz al ghul yeah um i've never been too keen on him um you can like if you're just like kind of farting out an assassin assassins (laughs) are pretty easy to make cool and you have this like old archer guy named merlin 
you know, that's, you know, put Sportsmaster in there. Uh, an actual <laughs> character. Um, oh, God. Yeah. Anyway, this page where, like, you see the bat signal, it's right after we have, you know, Talia, Merlin, and Damien talking about this assassin, and Merlin's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm real good with bow and arrow. The final page of Robin and Nightwing's face and Nightwing's face in the forefront, that is, like, one of the least articulate strangest faces i've ever seen like is is, which page is that is it the one where dame or sorry tim and dick are chasing down reagan rider um it's after that and they've broken into the the place where um oh okay yeah yeah, the bottom of it and like the bottom picture of dick yeah and it's just like the the only text is like ah yeah yeah the kitchen yeah like dick's face is just so strange yeah he even like tim behind him they're essentially the same face with a different mask like right um i I think that while this art is not terrible it is it is not up to the primetime players standard this would be like uh you know not primetime player saturday night live cast member um, for sure in the main opening and it's not even that bad on other pages in this I mean, there are some kind of lopsided faces and strange angles, but it's not, it's not even as bad as that in other pages. It just, it really solidifies. Like, I think if I was reading this in order, this would be an issue I'd kind of check out from. Yeah. You know, it's like, this is a filler. Um, it is. And like, even like Jezebel Jet's hair at the beginning is like just below shoulder length. But then later on, it's like clearly lower than her ears and above shoulder. Like her, her right. hair size is uh, incongruous. Um, it's very different from the hair length she will have in the next issue and the issue before it. Like it is, it's very like, you know, a new comic book artist getting in there. Right. One thing I was going to mention, um, you brought up the, the ta- there is a Talia Al Ghul scene where she's with Merlin and Damien's there. And she's getting a rundown of the fact that, you know, he's at dinner with Jezebel and maybe somebody's attacking him. But uh, she says in here once again, like, no one else gets to be with the detective, like with Bruce, Batman, that's, he's mine. That is a thing that's come up at the end of the first arc. It's come up one other time since then. And, you know, ultimately the final third act of the whole Morris and Batman run uh, really is anchored. It has a lot to do with Talia. Sure. And I appreciated reading this this time, seeing how much that has been telegraphed throughout the run. Right. Because as I was reading it, you know, 10 years ago or whatever, uh, it seemed it seemed like, oh, okay. And I guess we're like the final stuff is all about Talia. And it didn't seem as uh, internally consistent to me as I think it actually is. For sure. I think like the ex and Talia's explanation and when you know without spoiling too much when that whole thing kind of comes to a climax and she explains her her feelings you know it it's plausible enough if you know the character like oh i could see why someone like you would feel that way about your own life um it, but it's cool to see you know within the res- resurrection of Razal Ghoul, she's underappreciated um she's kind of thrown away and ignored by the men in her life and mm-hmm. she is slowly trying to claim power for herself throughout this run you know she's doing she's orchestrating this damien stuff at least it seems like it and then you realize she's working for her dad who doesn't appreciate her just to get damien to be his like ra's al Ghul's surrogate body right um and so you you do start to see 
you know, a bitterness and a resentment and you start to see like where her frustrations would arise to the point where she ends up making the moves that she makes later on in this, in this massive run. So it's kind of cool to see like there is character progression and Talia is unraveling, but we don't really know it now, but it does right. pay off later. And I, I like that that's actually shown rather than, you know, and I thought that Morrison's like, big exposition piece where Talia is like, gosh, damn it, Bruce, I'm going to list to every reason why I'm doing this to you, to you in a scene. Like that kind of explanation was believable enough, but it's mm -hmm. cool that it's actually here as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. It's, it's just a thing I didn't quite notice as much. Um, as so the, the, the final couple pages of this is Bruce gets the nine eyed fiend assassin into kind of the kitchen of this restaurant that they're at. And he just starts going full on Batman on him and full he's, on Al Capone. With yeah. His, like, <laughs> yeah. That's true. His open chested shirt. And like, yeah. it seems like an angry, totally shadowed face. But at one point, he starts talking to him and he like takes the guy's fingers that he apparently sees with and puts them in oil and like, you know, making him blind, so to say. But at one point, his text bubble um, in the first shot of like him in the sort of very blue area after he's gotten the assassin into the kitchen, when he says um, fingers still adjusting to the dark, he starts laughing at one point and his text bubble there is the gradient blue which is bizarre out of context, but later on um, when some stuff happens in RIP and Batman's sort of psych psyche changes, his text bubbles are all blue. And oh. it seems like, you know, some in this anatomy of Zur in our book that I was reading, it's, it implies that, you know, like his sort of gradual transition into this, you know, pretty extreme Batman that, that, yeah, I don't know. It, it's feeding into this sort of like, Batman, are you on the edge? What are you doing? Type of thing. Right. And I, uh, I think it's interesting, at least for a conjecture there. Yeah, that's cool. Um, we're starting to watch that personality slowly emerge that we'll come more become more familiar with. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's good move on good old Morrison there. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, at the end, we get this really kind of awkward, weird shot of Jezebel holding her fingers up to the side of his head and the shadow behind it makes it look like he's got little bat ears. And she says, Bruce Wayne is Batman. So um, that's, that's a reveal. That's a sort of strange reveal almost, but uh, it, I almost get the feeling she already knew. Yeah. That's so I was going to say like, is that the feeling that we're being led to have is that this is her excuse to kind of, say it yeah um yeah because kind of the vibe i got for sure it i mean obviously seeing bruce like go all crazy and whoop this like trained assassin's ass would be would be enough evidence to say like this guy is definitely not just some like playboy um but i don't know the cognitive leaps that were displayed in you know she when she was saying this dark thing in your past like are you into snm <laughs> yeah yeah god it's like I get the feeling that you already knew and you're just not yeah. very good at playing the game. Like you don't know, you know? Yeah. And Morrison, just in the many interviews over years of listening to him, he always comes back to that, that idea of like S and M or, you know, bondage sadomasochism and like how Batman is, he always refers to like Batman is utterly like, you know, it's a very homoerotic character, but it's also like very bondage and S and M as well. And uh, yeah. I saw the reference to S and M and I was like, Oh, 
there you are, Grant. I don't know. That never registers too much to me, but I guess um, the villains want it. Actually, I think, yeah, the, the following issue has a, a moment of villains being pretty sadomasochistic to them, you know, to themselves masochistic. So, uh, yeah, it's just a weird um, building block in, Brant, or in Grant Morrison's uh, persona or psyche for Batman. Right. I, I guess, like, I can see it because he, he and Joker definitely have, like, a weird love-hate thing and they like to beat each other up um and you know batman is in this like dark garb all the time you know and i don't know i just like that comparison i can get but i don't i don't think that it's as prevalent i mean yeah. it's it's a lot of other things other than that too but grant loves it and he threw that he threw that in there as kind of a funny little joke like and i'll yeah. i'll take it Mm-hmm. I'll take whatever that guy gives me, frankly. Uh, sure. Justin, is there anything else we got to get at in this issue? I'm excited. I mean, like, you know, we got Batman R.A.P. We're starting with the next issue uh, next week. So, you know, that right. is exciting. A week of R.I.P. Right. So I guess just for, like, my own edification and maybe for the listeners, this issue, you know, reading it is it's not, like, terrible. No, um, no. But – but it is pretty pointless. It is pretty fillery, except for the fact that I think it establishes that we are trusting the fact that Togel was a ritual that has had a lasting impact on Bruce's life. And we're also kind of conjuring doubt in Bruce. Like, I think this mm-hmm. is also trying to make us think that Bruce is losing his marbles a little bit and right. trying to shake our trust in Bruce's perceptual fortitude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then also the reveal of Jezebel Jet being Batman, which, like, to me, I think is the least important. Like, it's it's the climax of the issue, and it's the point of the issue, but to me, I'm like, yeah, well, people got to figure out Batman's Batman. Yeah. That's just, that happens. Yeah, I'm curious. I want to talk to Roman as well, just, like, because I know he was reading all this stuff in issues coming out, and I'm curious what readers at the time felt like to have you know, a romantic interest find out about, who, you know, who Batman is. Because right. it's only been like two-ish, you know, uh, at right. this point besides. So <laughs> this one yeah. kind of happened quick. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this whole relationship is like on fast forward. You know, this is like a, a, a relationship that normally would be like a decade long thing in Batman continuity that we're getting in, you know, a few years with delays. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I guess... I guess that's everything. I guess we'll get out of here. Um, yeah. What a, We're about what a to, week. Yeah. What a week. We're about to get to kind of the final act and it, you know, is bonkies. Um, yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, well, Justin, thanks as always. Thank you listeners. Yeah. Um, and yeah, if anyone could leave a review or a number of stars on your podcast app, for this if you're at this point with us that is awesome we are so glad to have you part of the journey uh leave a review or a star rating that would be a, a really big help for us because it turns out you know there's a lot of batman podcasts out there but well, none of them are <laughs> two people who run a comic shop together and love to flirt about batman so oh yeah and if you guys have any theories that that you want to espouse to us please do because i i feel like sometimes i accidentally propose what i think is actually going on and i want to reiterate like i don't think i know what's going on anymore yeah we're just yeah we're just trying to solve the puzzle together thank you all for joining us and we will see you next week for the beginning of batman r.i.p i'm jeff i'm justin and we out